الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. حدثني جماعة من الشيوخ بإسناد كل إلى سفيان بن عيينة عن عمر بن دينار عن أبي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمر عن عبد الله بن عمر بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن Irhamu man fil ard Yarhamkum man fil sama The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said in a tremendous hadith That those who are merciful They will be shown mercy by the most merciful Be merciful to those who are in the earth And the one who is above the heavens He will show you mercy وقال العلماء ذلك بأن العلم رحمة نتيجته رحمة في الدنيا وغايته رحمة في الآخرة. The ulama they say this is because knowledge is mercy. The result of knowledge is mercy in this world, and the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. And it is a must that we stress this, because unfortunately, there are some of the people who believe that the default is to be rough, is to be hard and harsh. And that is not the default of Ahl al-Sunnati wal-Jama'ah. That is not the default. But rather the default is to be gentle, especially when calling people and inviting people, is to be gentle and not to be rough and not to be tough. And as aforementioned, hikmah wad'u shay fi mawdi'i, that wisdom is putting everything in its proper place. So putting harshness in the place of harshness, this is wisdom. Putting ease in the place of ease, this is wisdom. To place ease where you should be hard, that's not wisdom. And to be hard when you should be soft and easy, that too is not wisdom. We have to put everything in its proper place. We move on to go to the next hadith. That Imam Al-Nawi, rahimullah ta'ala, he mentions. And that is the hadith عن Al-Irbaad bin Sariya On the authority of Al-Irbaad bin Sariya Paul, he said, وَعَضَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَوْعِضَةً بَلِيغَةً He said that the Prophet sallallahu he gave us an extremely eloquent address. He gave us an extremely eloquent address. Wajilat minhal qulub, an address in which it made the heart tremble. Wadarafat minhal uyun, and it made the eyes tear and shed tears. Faqulna. Ya Rasulullah, so he said, O Messenger of Allah, 
So he said, O Messenger of Allah, Ka'annaha maw'idhatu muwadda' O Messenger of Allah, it is as if you are giving us a farewell address. It's as if you are giving us a farewell address, a final sermon. فَأَوْصِنَا So therefore, advise us. Give us some advice. فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said, أُوصِيكُمْ بِتَقْوَ اللَّهِ He said, I advise you to have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I advise you to fear Allah jalla wa'ala. And I advise you to hear and to obey, meaning to hear and obey the Muslim ruler, to hear, to listen to, and to obey the Muslim ruler. And even if a slave were to become your ruler, even if a slave were to become your ruler, then you have to listen and you have to obey. فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ يَعِشْ مِنْكُمْ Because verily those who live from amongst you فَسَيَخْتِلَافٍ كَثِيرًا Then they're going to see much differing. They're going to encounter much differing. Much اختلاف. نعم. And inshallah ta'ala will come back to this point. But I want you to reflect on this. The Prophet wasallam he is telling the Sahaba that those who live from amongst them, those who live long from amongst them, then they're going to come to a time where there is much differing. This is an indication that in the time of the Prophet wasallam, you didn't have this type of differing. Naam. And that is an indication that the lack of differing is a good thing. That is rahmah. Naam. Because in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, undoubtedly, they had a time that was good. It was the best of the times. Naam. So if there was going to be rahmah in any type of situation, then it would have been that which would have existed in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. And that was no ikhtilaf. Naam. That was no ikhtilaf. And another indication which shows us that the lack of ikhtilaf is good, the lack of differing, right? The lack of differing, then this is what is good, is the famous statement of the Sahabi, and differing is evil. So the Sahaba, they understood that, the difference of, differences of opinion, differing and the like, then this is evil. So this shows you the butlan, it shows you the uh, falsehood or the, yani, the fallacy of the statement that ikhtilafun rahma, that differing is mercy. No, differing is not mercy. Differing is adab. So the Prophet sallallahu he said that those who live from amongst you, they will see much differing. And this differing, that is the problem. This differing, that is the disease, that is the ailment, that is the sickness. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he gave us the solution, he gave us the cure, he gave us the remedy. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّةِ خُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِينَ عَدُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذِ وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْدَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ 
فإن كل بدعة ضلالة حديث رواه أبو داود وترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح The Prophet وسلم, went on to say that those who live from amongst you are going to see much differing so therefore it is upon you to stick to my sunnah upon you is my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa after me bite on to it with your molar teeth and beware of newly invented matters meaning newly invented matters in the religion because verily every innovation is a going astray this hadith has been collected by Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi or Tirmidhi his name could be pronounced both ways Tirmidhi or Tirmidhi and he said that this hadith is hasan sahih that this hadith is hasan sahih qala al-'allama muhaddith al-madina the muhaddith of medina the great scholar sheikh abdul muhsin al-abbad al-badr hadallahu ta'ala he mentions he says that the statement of the prophet or that excuse me that the statement of irbad that the statement of al-irbad رضي الله تعالى عنه وهي سد وعظنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم موعظة بليغة that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he gave us an extremely powerful admonishment extremely eloquent admonishment وجلت منها القلوب that our hearts they trembled it caused our hearts to tremble وضرفت منها العيون and it caused the eyes to fill with tears and to cry to shed tears the Shaykh he mentions, he says, Al-Maw'idah, that what is intended by a Al-Maw'idah, what does this word mean? Ma'kana min kalam fihi targheeb wa tarheeb. It is the type of speech that has therein an encouragement to do things, and it has therein a warning from doing other things. So it encourages you with some things, and it discourages you from other things and or right so it encourages you with some things and or discourages you from other things now this type of speech and this is what's called a mawa'idah it is translated as an admonition now and the like um but that may give a person the understanding that this speech has in it some form of rebuke or so on and so forth now so it's important to know that it could be a speech that is encouraging you to do something, right? A, yani like a motivational speech, you can call a mawa'idha. And then likewise, a speech where you're warning someone from something that has in it an aspect of being yani some rebuke and so on and so forth, an admonishment, then this also is a mawa'idha. Or a speech that has therein the both. Encouraging and discouraging at the same time yani, then you will say about it then it is a mawa'idah a mawa'idah is the type of speech yani, you ala nufus, that it causes it has an effect upon the souls man. It, 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 it has an effect and it stirs the spirit man, for lack of a better translation and it reaches the hearts man, it reaches the hearts Wa uh, 
it emanates from an individual having fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam, it, this is the result of it, is that a person they have a, a sense of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَدْ وَصَفَ الْإِرْبَاضُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَىٰ عَنْهُ And this great Sahaba al-Irbaadu, he described, يعني هذه الموعظة, he described this موعظة بهذه الصفات الثلاث. He described it with three characteristics. Naam, he gave to this موعظة, he described it with three characteristics. Now, this is important, okay? And I want us to, بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ تَعَلَىٰ Approach these ahadith. And these ahadith are ahadith that are famous and yani, they're all repeated. Yani, we hear them a lot, right? Um, we have perhaps may have memorized the whole of uh, this particular book and this collection of ahadith. But I want us to look at these ahadith from a standpoint of really trying to understand them now and to become extremely familiar with them and so to familiarize ourselves with them. Um, so in other words, if we were to put this in question and answer form, and if it were to be asked, what are the characteristics and description that Al-Irbaad gave to the Mawidah of the Prophet What are those characteristics? Now, this will require us now to go back and to look, 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 look at the hadith again and to look at what was stated again. Now, what were those characteristics? How many were those characteristics? Name those characteristics. Naam. What was the description? How many things did he describe it with? Okay, now name that which it was described with. This is to the extent that we want to become familiar with the likes of these narrations. This is the type of things in which we want to busy ourselves with and concern ourselves with. Naam. And I... I, I, I um, Remind, and this is a reminder for myself and for everyone else, to really strive to understand the text. Strive to understand the Qur'an. Strive to understand every verse of the Qur'an. Strive to understand the statements of the Prophet ﷺ. And strive to understand the statements of the Sahaba. We have to put this and make this our priority. Naam. Many and often is the case where people they will strive to you know, memorize statements um, of lowly individuals. Now, what do I mean by that? They strive to memorize songs, they memorize songs and lyrics to songs, right? And these are lowly individuals, uh, speech in which is harmful to us, right? Or they will memorize motivational quotes from this one or from that one. Not saying that there's, there's something wrong with that. No, it has therein benefit. However, if we collect a lot of these motivational statements and that we memorize them, whether it be in business or whether it be in productivity or whether it be in, um, you know, uh, what do you call it, self-improvement and things of this nature. Okay, alhamdulillah, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we collect a great amount of understanding and memorization of these type of statements, but then when we compare that to the list of yani, texts from the ayat and from the hadith and from the statements of the salaf that we have memorized and understood if we find that our yani, list of the really beneficial stuff from the, from the, from, from, from the ayat and from the hadith and statements of the salaf and the, and the ulama if we find that th that list is low and the list of these other things is long there's an imbalance right and we have to strive to correct 
that imbalance. Naam. Because bila shakku bila raib, those aforementioned things, whether it be in business, productivity, whether it be in motivational things of this nature, self self help, and whatever the case may be, these are things that typically they end at the grave. Naam, they end at the grave. They help us in our professional life and so on and so forth. But when we die, that's it. They don't go beyond that. Or when we stop working that particular job, then that's it. They no longer benefit us. But understanding the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is going to benefit us in this world and in the next. And this is this, and the Quran is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why wouldn't we yani, uh, want to spend a lot of time with it? Why, yani, why, 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 why is it the fact that we don't find uh, pleasure in it like we do in these other things? This shows you in, yani, that there is a, a sickness in our hearts. This is an indication of a sickness that is inside of the, the chest. This is what we should be spending our time doing. Connecting ourselves to the text, to the Quran, to the Sunnah, as understood by the Salaf of this Ummah, having deep and profound understanding. Naam. He described this kalima, this maw'idha, with three descriptions. The first one, al-balagha. Naam, al-balagha, that it was eloquent, extremely eloquent, precise in its wording, very descriptive, right? So on and so forth, right? To the to the to the, to, the, to, the, to the extent of what is understood by eloquence, nah? it was it was extremely eloquent. Nah? It was a type of speech that it caused the heart to tremble. Nah? It caused the heart to tremble. It reached the heart. It was heart touching, heartfelt. And the and and tears came to the eyes tears came to the eyes this was a description of the maw'idha that al-irbab he gave to what the prophet sallallahu said unto them that it was extremely eloquent one two it caused the hearts to tremble and three it brought tears to the eyes وقال امام ابن الرجب رحمه الله تعالى في جامع العلوم والحكم he mentioned he said والبلاغة and balagha, eloquence, fil maw'idha, mustahsana. To be eloquent when you're especially, when you're bringing this type of speech that reaches the hearts, that causes an effect upon the, yani, the soul, so on and so forth. When you bring this type of speech, the fact that it is eloquent is good. This is what you want to shoot for. Why? لأنها أقرب إلى القبول القلوب because it is closer and more what do you say suitable so that it may reach the heart if it is eloquent if its words are precise if its words are delivered precisely in an eloquent manner then this makes them more easier to accept has a greater possibility of reaching the hearts. Has a greater possibility of the hearts being connected to it and being affected by it. It has a greater possibility of being, yani, the hearts become attached to the likes of the speech. وَالْبَلَاغَ هِيَ تَوَصُّرُ إِلَى الْإِفْهَامِ الْمَعَانِ It is to bring about and to reach 
the understanding of the intended meanings is that you speak in such a manner, such a deliberate manner, such an eloquent manner that the intended meanings are understood. You don't speak in a manner that is shrouded with ambiguity to the point where no one knows what you're trying to say nor what you're trying to get at. If the Mawa'idah has this type of description, then it will not reach the hearts. The people will not benefit from it because they'll be struggling to understand what are you trying to say. Now, speech that is undeliberate, that it is not in order, that is scattered, which is indicative of a scattered thought pattern, so on and so forth, this will be hard to follow. So it's not going to reach the hearts, it's not going to cause an effect upon the soul. So it is yani, uh, incumbent that when giving this type of admonition or this type of encouragement, strong uh, yeah, speech and, and, and the like, that you are very deliberate and eloquent in what you're trying to say so that it could be easily understood uh, so that those who are listening could benefit. The Shaykh, he says, وَإِصْوَالُهَا إِلَى الْقُرُوبِ السَّامِعِينَ بِأَحْسَنِ الصُّورَةِ مِنَ الْأَلْفَاظِ الدَّالَ عَلَيْهَا is that you reach, yani in order to reach the hearts of those who are listening by presenting the words in the best way possible. You present them in the best way possible, which points to what is intended, points to the meaning points to yani, that in which you're trying to get across. And the most eloquent of manners, using the best of speech, yani, meaning not speaking in a, in, 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 in a very low-brow manner, but speaking and using words that are intelligible, using words that are eloquent, using words that have some type of sophistication to them. وَأَحْلَاهَا and using the best and most beautiful of words. The asma'ah. Yani, so it may touch the ears. And that it may touch the hearts. Naam. And this is um, another benefit from this, this maw'idah. Is that you find that the Prophet wasallam, He didn't always speak to the companions the same way. In other words, uh, when you look to the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, you will see that sometimes he will speak to them straightforward, right? Other times, the Prophet wasallam, he would ask them questions. So he would engage them in questions and answers, right? Um, and then uh, we see here in this example, and sometimes he would give them um, what one may say is a, a powerful speech, right? A fiery speech, a speech that reaches the hearts, causes the eyes to tear, so on and so forth. And doing this is from wisdom because to always address any particular audience in the same exact manner, it will lead to monotony, it will lead to boredom, right? To always address them in the same manner, it will lead to boredom. You know, sometimes fiery, sometimes calm, sometimes... Um, uh, interactive by asking questions and answers and sometimes just a direct uh, statement when you switch it up it always leaves those who are listening wanting more and 
it reduces and removes the boredom. So this is what we learned from the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is an example for educators and for teachers. As you find the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he is the best example in all areas of our life. Ala kulli hal, the Sheikh goes on and he says, "وَقَدْ وَصَفَ اللَّهُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ بِوَجْهِ الْقُلُوبِهِمْ." And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He described the believers as being those who their hearts tremble, their hearts are affected. And that their eyes shed tears. When Allah is mentioned. Now, I always want us to always look at ourselves to self evaluate, right? Um, and ask ourselves those hard questions. Are we individuals who fit this description? Do we fit this description? And it's very easy to answer that, right? The last time that we read the Quran, or let me say this in another way. When was the last time when reading the Quran or listening to the Quran, when listening yani, to the, the the admonition from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that our hearts were affected, that our hearts were touched. Now, you have individuals who, yani, subhanAllah, they may read a novel, right? And it has something sad in it and they, they, they cry, you know, their hearts are affected, right? You have individuals who they may watch a film and, you know, the, the character it dies and they cry, Okay? You may have individuals who yani, become saddened by a storyline of yani, this, fictitious, yani, this fictitious character in this book or this story or whatever the case is, right? But then when it comes to listening to the Qur'an, reading the Qur'an, reading those ayat about the hellfire, they're untouched, they're unmoved. When it comes to reading the ayat about Jannah, about that which is in Jannah and that which is awaiting the people who go to Jannah, their hearts are unmoved, they're still, right? Um, when reading about that which has befallen those who were evil from the nations of, of, from before, that which has befallen disbelieving nations and how they were destroyed, their hearts are unmoved. Now, when uh, reading through the hadith where the Sahaba described the series of events where, yani, uh, that ended and resulted in the death of the Prophet when he was dying uh, their hearts are not moved they don't cry but yet they cry when character so and so fictitious person such and such dies in a, in a, in a novel or, or in a film or something like this this is an indication that your heart is sick you have a sick heart so the question is when was the last time you were moved by the remembrance of Allah when was the last time you shed tears from the remembrance of Allah when was the last time you cried when reading the Qur'an, contemplating with the Qur'an? When the last time you cried when listening to the Qur'an? When is the last time? And that's it. You have to answer for yourself and then you can evaluate to see the health level of your heart. Right? You know how we check our phones? We check our phones once in a while to check the battery level to see if the battery is 100%, 30%, 20%. I need to charge it. You right? We check it to see. We have to check it. Likewise, we know that Iman goes up and goes down. Okay? Iman, it goes up and goes down. We know this life, 
it's not stationary on it. There's nothing that stays the same in his life. It's either going to be moving in this direction or that direction. It's going to be getting better or getting worse. Right? In this world, nothing stays the same. Okay? So, with that being the case, then we should know that what? Then likewise, we're not, our situation, our iman, the strength of our iman is not going to stay the same. So we constantly have to be checking it. The same way we check in, we look and see, okay, is the phone got a battery? It's still, uh, I need to charge it or what? We got to be uh, concerned with our iman in the same way to check it. And then we have to look at the signs, right? The phone sends us notifications. Battery level is getting low. Do you want to put it in low power mode? So on and so forth. It sends us indications. Likewise, there are indications, there are signs that point to the strength of our Iman if we pay attention. From those signs is this. Are we affected by the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Another sign. Are we concerned about the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Are we avid in remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Now, all of these things are signs and indications which will point to the health of our hearts. So we have to be concerned with the health of our hearts and look to it. Because listen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He describes the believers here in this ayah Allah, that, yani, that can be found in Surah Anfal, verse number 2. Allah ta'ala, He says, إِنَّمَا And the word used here is إِنَّمَا and this is for yani, hasr, that verily the believers are only who? Are those who when Allah is mentioned, their hearts tremble. Now it has an effect upon their hearts. Okay? I just want you to think about that. When Allah is mentioned, it has an effect upon their hearts. If someone said to you, the last time someone said to you, yeah, did it stop you in your tracks? Did it make you remember? This is a sign and indication of the health level of your heart, whether you need that recharge or not. Right? And, you know, Iman goes up with what? With good deeds, with righteousness, with doing good. Iman goes up. So, to recharge, have to do the righteous good deeds. Have to do some, yani, some uh, voluntary fasting. Have to do some, some raka'at uh, in the middle of the night. So on and so forth. This is what raises the iman, making dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what raises the iman. The believers, verily, they are only those who that when Allah is mentioned, their hearts tremble. And when his verses are recited unto them, their iman increases. iman. Their uh, imana. Their iman increases when his ayat are recited unto them. Their iman increases. Now, so the last time we heard the Quran, did we? Yani when we turned it off, when we got up, were we better? Did we increase? Because the Quran is as such as that. Either when you hear it or when you read it. When you sit down with it to read it or to, or to listen, you don't get up the same. You don't get up the same. You will either get up and you are better because your iman increases. Allah Ta'ala, he says here, وَإِذَا تُولِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ And when his ayat are recited unto them, 
زادتهم إيمانا their iman is increased. So if you when you when you read it and you get up, either you're going to increase, and if you don't increase, then that means what? That means you're going to decrease. So you're never going to get up. You're the same as before. Okay, you're either going to get up better, or you're going to get up worse. Nam. And upon their Lord, they put their trust. These are the characteristics of the believers. They put their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, he says, in Surah Al-Ma'idah, in verse 83, Allah ta'ala, he says, uh, And when they hear that which was revealed unto the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then you'll see their eyes fill with tears. When the Quran, when they hear the Quran, when they hear that which was revealed unto the Prophet, unto the Messenger, وسلم, their eyes fill with tears. Now, when is the last time your eyes filled with tears? When you heard the Quran recited. These are questions that you have to answer within yourselves. Then, but and the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But before that, excuse me, before that, the statement of the companions, radiyallahu taala anhum, ya Rasulullah, ka'annaha ma'idatu muwaddi'. O Messenger of Allah, this is as if this is a farewell sermon. This is as if this is a final speech, a final address. فَأَوْصِنَا So advise us. Give us advice. Give us something to hold on to. أَنَّ هَذِهِ وَصِيَّةِ That this uh, advice تُشْبِهُ uh, Or that this, yani, uh, uh, this address, it is like a mu'idah. It is like a final address. So we need some advice. And, 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 and because it, it came across like it was a final address, a final yani, uh, a sermon, the companions, uh, the noble companions, they sought and they requested from the Prophet وسلم, And remember the companions... As the Shaykh says, يعني, And they are those who they were quick in chasing after everything that's good. Now, this was the way of the companions. They just chased after everything that was good. So, they sought from the Prophet ﷺ, a concise piece of advice. And I want you to bear this in mind when you listen to that which the Prophet ﷺ, he said, because they sought from him a concise piece of advice, a piece of advice that is what? That is small in size, but very vast in meaning. That is small in size, small in its words, but its meaning is vast and it covers much. It covers a lot. A concise piece of advice. Why do they want this device? Why, why, did they, why did they want this advice? For what reason? Just to hear it? Just to hear what was there? Just any FYI? No. The Shaykh, he says, 
يعهد بها إليهم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يتمسكون بها that in which they could hold on to it take as a a covenant they would take it as a covenant and hold on to it adhere to it نعم ويؤولون عليها and they will act upon it not just that they give us something so we can hear it FYI no no give us something so we can put into action give us something so that we can do it give us something so that we can be upon it نعم now Again, we may have heard this hadith um, a lot of times, right? But have we taken hold to it and have we acted in accordance to it? Now, I want you to look around the Muslim world. I want you to look around the Muslim world and look at that which is taking place inside of the Muslim world. The ummah today, are we holding on collectively to the guidance of this hadith or have we turned our backs on it? The Prophet ﷺ said, from the, from the advice, I advise you to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to hear and obey. Even if a slave becomes your ruler, you hear, you obey. Now, look at, look at us now. Look at our countries. Do we find this? Hearing and obeying the ruler? Or do we find people speaking ill of the ruler, revolting against the ruler, having coups, huh? overtaking government, so on and so forth? Naam. And inshallah ta'ala will come back to this point. But the excuse says, oh, they're not legitimate rulers. They reached the, 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 the leadership in an illegitimate way. But the Prophet said, even if a slave becomes your ruler, there is no way that a slave becomes the ruler through legitimate means. Okay? So this is an indication of what? That even if the ruler is quote-unquote not legitimate, did not reach it in a legitimate fashion, once they are the ruler and is seen and known that they are the ruler, then it is upon you to hear and obey. It is upon you to hear and obey. That's it. Are we, are we implementing this? Fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do you find that this could be the description of most of the Muslims that are living right now? That most of the Muslims in the world fear Allah. Can we say that? And, and feel comfortable that, that there's no inaccuracy in that statement? And we all know the answer to that. The Sahaba, they wanted this advice so that they can live in accordance to it. And when you look at this sunnah, you find this, but you look at the, in the history, you find this what they did. They lived in accordance to this advice. Wow. Because the advice that is a farewell advice before departure, then this is something that has an effect on the heart. This has a special place, excuse me, in, in, uh, in the soul. Uh, it has, has a special place in the soul. كان فيها ما يشعر بالتوديع. This address, perhaps the Sheikh is saying, Abdul Muhsin, he said perhaps it had in it that which gave them the impression, the impression that this was a farewell address, that this was a يعني farewell speech, and for this reason وليها طلبوا هذه الوصية. They sought. This advice, and because of this reason, they sought this advice. 
And the first portion of that advice was to have taqwa of Allah subhanahu فَقَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ أُصِيكُمْ بِتَقْوَ اللَّهِ So the Prophet sallallahu he said, then I advise you to have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I advise you to have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَتَقْوَ اللَّهِ And what is meant by taqwa Allah? It is translated as to have fear of Allah. To have reverence of Allah. Right? Yani taqwa is sometimes translated as being God-fearing, right? Uh, God-fearing. And all of these things, yani, they point to the general, you know, meaning of it. But it's important that once we actually know the breakdown and what it means from a linguistic standpoint, then we understand better the concept of a taqwa. Naam? So the Shaykh, he mentions, he says, that what is taqwa? Yani taqwa Allah, Azza wa Jal, he describes it. أَنْ يَجْعَلَ الْمَرْءُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ غَضَبِ اللَّهِ وِقَايَةِ تَقِيهِ مِنْهُ Is that the slave, the individual, he puts between him and between the anger of Allah a shield by way in which he could safeguard himself from Allah's anger, right? Meaning that what? He puts himself in a position to not make Allah angry with him. So that means is that what? He's going to do what is righteous. So the Shaykh he says, And that is by doing that which is obligatory and righteous good deeds, right? That we do righteous good deeds and acts of obedience. Because when you do acts of obedience, this will put you in a situation where Allah is not angry with you. Because you're doing that which he commanded you to do. You're doing the righteous good deeds. Man. And so when a person gets up to be dutiful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they establish their prayer. This is from taqwa. This is from putting a shield between you and the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By listening to and obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So think of every good deed. Fasting in the month of Ramadan. Paying charity, making hajj, making umrah, yani, uh, believing correctly, <coughs> praying. All of this is what is from taqwa. Because Allah Ta'ala, He commands us to do this. So when you look at it like this now, when we're at work, doing our day of work, right? When it comes time to pray, no, yani, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, when I say no matter what, of course there's an exception. Right? Of course, it's an exception. I'm saying, no matter what goes on in that day, nine times out of ten, you can stop and go pray. Nine times out of ten, you can stop and say, look, put this, pause this for a second. Let me go pray. I'll come back and we'll continue. Right? Um, there is very seldomly something that is that pressing that will delay you from your prayers. There's rarely something that pressing that will delay you from your prayers. Right? So we have to remember this. And we have to remember that, listen, no matter how close the deadline, right? I need to stop for a little bit, a few minutes. I need to go pray. And we should never be shy to tell whoever we work with or for that. Because how many of the kuffar, they take smoke breaks? Take five minutes to grab a smoke. 
Yeah, so mahanallah, if kafir man so-and-so could take five minutes to grab a smoke, I can't take five minutes to go worship my Lord, to go obey my Lord. He feels comfortable saying that. He's going to take five minutes to go disobey Allah. Why should we feel ashamed to say, I'm going to take five minutes to go obey my Lord? We should never feel ashamed. Never. Now, the exception, I want to mention it just so it's known. The exception, if there's a situation that stopping what you're doing could cause a great harm, like a surgeon, for example. A surgeon in the middle of a surgery. Okay? He's already scrubbed in. He's in the operating room. He's operating, so on and so forth. He can't say, all right, five minutes, I'm going to go pray. No, because that may lead to a person's death. That may lead to yeah, a person's death either directly or indirectly because it causes an infection, because he breaks the, you know, the purity of the room and so on and so forth, brings back a contaminant because he doesn't scrub in well, whatever the case is. It could cause somebody's death. So in that case, no, you have to, you know, you, you tend to that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has given us the license that what? That when that situation is over, then we pray. Okay? So that's different. That's different. And this is from Allah Ta'ala's mercy upon us that He gives us this flexibility. But most situations are not that dire. Most situations aren't that dire. We can stop for a second, let me go pray, I'll be back. And I mean a second, I mean like not a literal second. Five minutes, ten minutes, and I'll be back. But this is how we should be looking at our day. I have to do this righteousness. Why? Because I don't want Allah to be angry with me. This is from taqwa. Likewise, watch tinab and ma'asi and staying away from sin. Why? This is clear. Because I don't want Allah to be angry with me. This thing is haram, I'm not going to do it. Why? I don't want Allah to be angry. If I don't do it, then this will yani, uh, uh, prevent the anger of Allah reaching me. Because I'm not going to do it. Because if I do it, I run the risk of what? Allah being angry with me. So from taqwa, nah, I'm not going to do that. Okay? This is from taqwa. But, what tasdiq al-akhbar? Ah, likewise. What tasdiq and believing in that which we have been informed. Believing in that which we have been performed, uh, informed. And lead, believing in that in which we have been informed of. From the guidance of Islam. Naam, what is halal is halal, what is haram is haram, so on and so forth, and we believe in it's like that. What we have been informed of from the issues and, and the matters of the unseen, we believe in it. We don't have to see it. Allah told us it's like that, we believe it. The Prophet ﷺ told us like that, we believe it. Khalas, so sit. We don't argue and debate with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nor with that which He has revealed and sent down to us. We don't argue and debate with the Prophet. The Prophet ﷺ said this thing is this this is acceptable. Khalas, it's acceptable. The Prophet said this thing is not acceptable. Khalas, it's not acceptable. Naam. Why do we do that? Out of fear that if we don't, Allah will be angry with us. Naam. Person says, yes, we agree with you. That sounds that sounds good. Fine and dandy. Okay. When it comes to the issue of what is being allowed in this time, what is what is rampant? Uh, gay marriage, so on and so forth. Naam. Wait. We have been informed inside of our deen the ruling on that. We have been informed inside of our deen the proper stance on that. Okay? Now, it doesn't matter what happens in the world, what changes in the world, what oppression takes place in the world, what 
uh, freedoms and liberties and, 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 and rights, whether civil or human, you are fighting for and striving to yani, champion, it doesn't matter any of that. That does not change the ruling of Allah and his messenger. That does not change the deen, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. That does not change what is halal and what is haram. It doesn't change it. So the statements of individuals like uh, uh, denying gay marriage now is like denying, is like those people who deny interracial marriage. Yeah, subhanAllah, is this like that? Yeah, subhanAllah, what person will say something like this? That yani, is in their right mind, let alone a Muslim who is sane. Who will say something like this? How do you compare this and that? That's like trying to compare water and whiskey. They're not the same. One is halal, one is haram. Interracial marriage, is it halal or haram? It's halal. It's halal. Khalafs. Those people who denied that which is halal, that was a problem. But this individual, what they don't understand is that the same problem that those people who denied interracial marriage is the same problem they have for accepting homosexual marriage. You understand? Their intellect is so twisted that they look at reality and it's flipped. They say those who do this are like those who do that. Those who deny Homosexual marriage are like those who used to deny interracial marriage. Trying to say that what? In the end, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of history. That's what they're trying to say. That this was bad, that was bad. But the reality is that what? They have it flipped. Those who accept interracial marriage, excuse me, those who accept homosexual marriage, same-sex marriage, have fallen into the same evil of those who deny interracial marriage, right? Because it is not permissible to call something that is halal haram. And it's not permissible to call something that is haram halal. So they both have fallen into impermissibility. So the likes of these activists... Their misguidance is clear. Now, their misguidance is clear. And I'm not going to mention who said it, although who said it is well known and the name is, is quick to come to my mind, right? Because they don't deserve any more light or attention. Whoever comes with the likes of this nonsense, then beware of them because bila shakku bila rape. We are not allowed to accept what we are not allowed to accept. Now, does that mean that we go and we bash people and we beat them and all it. No, it doesn't mean that. But at the end of the day, I don't accept it. Okay? I can't physically stop you from doing anything, but I'm not going to accept it. Just like if you have a coworker and they're eating a ham sandwich. Do you acknowledge and do you yani, accept the fact that it's okay for them to eat ham? No, you do not. But they're going to eat it. Okay, they're eating a ham sandwich. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't say it's okay. You're eating it, yes. But I don't say it's okay. Because pork is haram. I don't eat pork, it's haram. Allah Ta'ala said pork is haram. You're eating it. Alright, you're eating it. I can't stop you from eating it. 
But that don't mean I have to like it and accept it and, and advocate for it. No, I'm not going to advocate for no one to eat ham sandwich. So how in the world am I advocate for someone to have same-sex marriage? You understand it? Yeah? These things are important. And likewise, and I, and I mentioned this because this is the campaign that is yani, that we are being bombarded with in this time of yani, trying to beat down our throats to accept the likes of these things. No, we don't accept it. We're not going to say it's okay because it's not okay. People do it because people do it. Okay, that's the reality. People do it? Yes, people do it. My acknowledgement that people do it, is, is, that, is that saying that I'm saying it's okay? No, it is not. I'm just telling you what is the reality. People do it. Is it okay? No, it's not okay. Do I accept it? No, I don't accept it. Do I, do I feel bad about that? No, personally, I don't feel bad about that. Am I going to apologize about that? No, I mean, why should I apologize about that? They don't apologize about being gay. Why should I apologize about not accepting gay? as being valid, as being okay. I don't accept it. I don't agree. That's it. This is how the Muslim has to be. You have to hold your ground. You have to believe in that which you are upon. You have to believe and your belief has to be in accordance with the book and the sunnah. Because if not, then you run the risk of what? Of Allah being angry with you. So when the shaykh says, Tazdiq, Al-Akhbar, that you believe in that which you have been informed about. Now, everything. You have to believe in that which you have been informed about. Likewise, those individuals, now, again, not going to mention their name because they're not even worth to their name being mentioned. But it's well known in those who know, no. The likes of those individuals who put doubts on Ya'juz and Ma'juz and did this happen, did it not happen, they, they, they don't understand the wall and so on and so forth. Okay, because you don't understand the wall because you have a little brain. You don't understand the wall. Okay, that's fine. No matter how many degrees you have, yeah, person don't understand everything. You don't, you don't get it. Just because you don't get it, who are you to deny it? Just because you don't understand it. Like, man, and who are you to begin with that you have to understand everything? Now, you have the ability to understand everything. You don't understand it? Khalas, you don't understand it. Allah Ta'ala sort of kept, told us this the way it is. That's the way it is. You know, if, 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 if you don't accept that, then the problem what? It's with you. The problem is not in the, in, in the historical fact of what has taken place. The problem is with you. You're the problem. Because we have to believe in what we have been informed of. Now, to the end of it. These are just examples of things that we may run into every day. But we believe in that which comes in the book in the sunnah. Naam, why? Because if not, Allah is going to be angry with us and us believing in it, then this is what this is, taqwa. Naam, I digress. I try to bring these examples so that it is brought home and that we can apply it to our day-to-day -day life. Naam, so it's not left any abstract without any practical examples because a lot of times people miss it. They'll come and they'll, they'll read this hadith and then they'll go and listen to the likes of this uh, foolish people and they don't see any contradiction. No, there's much contradiction. Nah, there's much contradiction with their foolishness and what they're saying. This will see ya wa he will see it to Allah and to fear Allah, this is Allah's command to the first people of ancient the antiquity and to the people who come at the end of time. This is the uh, uh, command of Allah to all of mankind. As Allah Ta'ala He says. And verily we have uh, commanded and yeah, he commanded those who were given the book before you, uh, the legacy that was given unto them, uh, those who came before you, and also the command unto you. 
and it taqullah is to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as it comes in Surah An-Nisa verse 31 and it is the reason for all good and fearing Allah then this is the way of success in this world and in the next so you want to talk about yani, champion someone's rights whether they be human rights or civil rights and so on and so forth champion those who are downtrodden and oppressed the way of victory in this dunya is by fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the way of victory. By fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Giving victory to those who are living in, upon corruption. Then this is the way of destruction. Just reflect over the, uh, the, the historical event of Lut. And of his wife. Who... Had a soft spot in her heart for the evil and the corruption. Who had a leaning in her heart for the evil and corruption. Who was an advocate in her heart of the evil and corruption. How was she an advocate in her heart? The ulama tafsir they mentioned that the one who told the uh, wicked evil people of, the, of, of, of that village, huh, of that land, that the angels was in the house was his wife. She was the one that ran and told the people there's some handsome men inside of the house right now. And, 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 and they came there and what happened happened you see this was what advocating so if you want to be you talk about the right or wrong side of history you want to be on the side you, you want to be on the wrong side of history yeah keep talking that uh, nonsense denying uh, same sex marriage is like denying interracial marriage yeah keep saying that you're going to be on the wrong side of history just like the wife of Lut and you see that her connection to the prophet did not save her. So now how you think you're going to get saved? Miss so-and-so think you're so smart. You understand? You want victory in this world and the next? It's by fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَتْسِينَ أَمْرُ بِتَقْوَ اللَّهِ and it comes a command to fear Allah Azza wa Jal in many of the verses, many of the ayat. The Shaykh says, especially those verses that begin with, especially those verses that begin with, O you who believe. Hmm? Those verses that begin with in addressing, in particular, what? The believers. Then you find often it is said, fear Allah, have fear of Allah, have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa kanalika fi wasaya Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam li and likewise in the advice that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to give to his companions, he used to tell them to fear Allah, like we have here in this example, usikum bi I command you to have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the shaykh goes on to get into the next statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The next piece of advice. To hear and obey even if a slave becomes your ruler. But inshallah ta'ala we will pick up from that inside of the... Uh, the next class, inshallah, so that we give it is right and discussion so that we could 
better understand and not uh, rush. فَلَعَلَّنَا نَكْتَفِي بِهَذَا الْقَدَرِ وَصَلَّى يَسْلَمُ عَلَى نَبِيِّنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ وَجَزَاكُمُ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا